The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. So with 2018 coming to a close, we'd like to look at the year ahead, especially as it relates to AI and machine learning and cognitive technologies and all the various things that relate to that. Yeah, so AI 18 proved to be a really great year for AI-related technology and companies alike. We saw countries across the world adopt AI strategies, VC funding for AI-focused startups went gangbusters, and then industries of all types, from retail to pharmaceutical, restaurants and hospitality, logistics, healthcare, and so many more benefit from AI technologies. So if you haven't heard our recap of 2018 AI-related news and market recap. We definitely invite you to listen to that podcast, and I will link it in the show notes as well. It was just released last week. But with 2018 in the rearview mirror, we think that it's time to look ahead into 2019 and to see where AI is going to be taking us. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that we talked a lot about is that, you know, data really is the language of AI. And no, we're not going to use the term data as a new oil. We hate that. <laughs> you know, if you've been reading our Forbes, you, we actually wrote an article about that. But, you know, it really is important. It's critically important to artificial intelligence because data scientists need large amounts of high quality AI data to train machine learning algorithms. And you can't have machine learning without learning and you can't have learning without data. So with this ever growing need for data, we predict that in 2019, we're going to see the release of more training data into the market, in particular, pre-trained models. So for those of you that are not familiar with the pre-trained model, a pre-trained model is exactly what it sounds like. It's a machine learning model that's been trained for something. So it could be recognizing images, like a big database of pre-trained model for every image. There's a lot of them actually out there that already can recognize cats and animals and all sorts of objects. But there's lots of commercial ones too. Some that will recognize uh, logos and images, some that will recognize celebrities' faces. Those are just for image recognition. There are pre-trained models for handwriting recognition. There's pre-trained models for voice recognition and sounds and all sorts of stuff. So this stuff will become a lot more, not just popular, people are aware of them in 2018, but in 2019, we think this is where the battle will be for the ownership of these pre-trained models. So we're already seeing this from companies such as Amazon with their Amazon Web Services cloud technology. And in late 2018, Amazon at their AWS reInvent show announced that it's offering machine learning algorithms and model packages on their AWS marketplace for specific industries. So you can choose from not just a variety of algorithms and models, free and paid, but you know that can do things like you know recognize images and natural language processing and speech recognition, text, and all that sort of stuff, which a lot of the platform providers can do. But Amazon also has models for forecasting and for personalization, and they have a new thing for healthcare, and they have another thing for legal. And soon you'll be like choosing your cloud platform, not just based on the algorithms it can do, but also based on the models which it has. And if the platform doesn't have it, you're now going to be able to choose from all sorts of third-party providers who can do that. Yeah. And so, you know, following suit very soon after Microsoft Azure machining, machine learning platform announced that it will have updates as well for automatic feature extraction, algorithmic selection, and hyperparameter sweep. 
So we predict that this trend will only increase in 2019 with a variety of both large and small companies pushing out large, high-quality data sets for customers to use. And that AI development shouldn't only be for people and companies with large data sets, but it really should be for everybody. Right. And I think that's the big thing. I'm going to see democratization of this. So if you're a small company and you want to have a really advanced machine learning thing to do something, you're probably going to be able to go out and not just find the technology to do the machine learning, but also the model to support it. And all you have to do is maybe train it on like the little extra things you do. We believe 2019 will be the year for that. So that's our prediction. May not be that controversial, but that's our big prediction for, yeah. for the upcoming year. Our next prediction is that we think that VC investment will continue unimpeded with IPOs on the horizon. So in our last podcast, which for those of you who are listening out of order, it was our look back at 2018 podcast. We spent some time talking about all the crazy money that AI companies have raised. And we've talked about that throughout 2018. So that's nothing new. But it seems that, you know, all you have to do is add a little bit of AI to your business plan and then boom, you're a unicorn and, you know, you can raise money with no problems. So will we see multiple large exits in 2019 and how many AI companies will go public? Right. I mean, of course, we know about some of the big IPO plans ready for 2019. We know that both Uber and Lyft actually Lyft filed for their IPO first. And then Uber followed pretty quickly. There are rumors, you know, some Chinese companies are going public as well. ByteDance is going to go public or seems like they're going to go public. And there's lots of other companies, Palantir and lots of other companies are going public in 2019. You know, for us that follow the AI markets, what does this mean? You know, with a publicly traded Uber and Lyft, which are making big AI investments, will they start throwing a ton more money at AI? Will all these newly public companies be throwing money? Will some companies that have raised a lot of money, of which we've mentioned quite a few, (laughs) <laughs> will will they go public too? And of course, will all this have impact? So we're going to keep track of it. We think this is good for the market. You know, the big question is what's going to happen in the market in 2019. It's a little hard to predict, right? Yeah. And another big question is if these IPOs fail. Right. You know, and then these profits, at least on paper, start disappearing. What are these companies going to do? So as long as everything goes smoothly, we think that it's going to be mm-hmm. really positive for the market. But if things don't yeah. go as planned, as well as what's going to happen in general to the market. You know, we've been in a bull market for a while. Will we start hitting a recession? Will right. things start slowing? There's a lot of a talk little? about that. This is not a financial podcast. This is by not any a means. financial podcast. So but, we're not going. Uh, but yeah, any sort of big recession may be poorly timed. So we'll have to sort of keep an eye on that. We also predict that countries will start doubling down on their AI investment. So in our research, we've talked deeply about how countries are making significant advancements in AI from a strategic perspective. And we predict that in 2019, things will just get more heated and fired up. So what's going to happen in the US? What's going to happen in China, in Europe, and all these countries? What about the rest of Asia? And you know, besides China, we've talked about South Korea, we've talked about Japan, the UAE and Saudi Arabia, they're making big noises with AI. We talked about how, you know, some of these countries also are using it to help. They're putting robots on the streets to help with, we'll say, friendly policing, where it's helping, you know, tourists answer certain questions, stuff like that. Israel, they're also continuing to be an AI powerhouse. There's a lot of AI-related companies coming out of Israel. We don't hear that much about companies coming out of South America or Africa or even Australia. So will we? Will we not? Yeah, I think this is like this is the strategic, right? So some of it's the companies in there, but a lot of it's the countries themselves. So they're going to be putting money into AI. 
just like they've been putting money into other areas. And I think we're going to definitely have a lot to talk about in 2019. Mm-hmm. One of the big predictions that we have is, will we actually see AI in the battlefield? And will we start being seeing more autonomous bots of all kinds? You yeah, know, how, aircraft, will countries, how will countries, countries put that into their strategy? They, I think most countries, except Russia, haven't really, really had that as a focus. So maybe they're just not publicly announcing it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a strategy. It's just not like a forward-facing strategy. And then also, will these not be in the battlefield and be deployed mm-hmm. somewhere else that's a little less outward? Now, I want to take a little detour here. There's a prediction that I've had in my mind for a little while that has a lot to do, I think, with some of the announcements Amazon's making, especially we just talked about how Amazon was announcing their pre-trained models, especially the one around medical. And I was actually having a conversation with a few people here about this. And you know, there's a lot of situation in the United States, especially around healthcare and healthcare insurance. And we just recently had a ruling as a judge, who maybe by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, things may be different, but there's a ruling about the constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act. And there was some chatter at the AWS reInvent as to whether Amazon was itself going to get into the health insurance business. Mm-hmm. If you may recall, Amazon, JP Morgan, and I think Berkshire Hathaway got together mm-hmm. to create their own employee healthcare plan, which is interesting. And of course, Amazon now is employing a heck of a lot of people. Berkshire it, Hathaway too, and JP Morgan. I mean, right. they, yeah. <laughs> Significant employers, right? And then I think CVS acquired Aetna. They acquired some health insurance company a little while ago. The reason why I bring this all up is because the use of AI to basically help with all the issues of like insurance claims and claims processing, we talked about that. Will 2019 be the year that Amazon Prime Healthcare comes out? I don't know. It's a really bold It's claim. a really bold claim. I don't know. We are obviously going to keep an eye yeah. on Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I mention that is because a lot of it has to do with process automation. There's a being a lot of move towards, you know, AI process automation. If you heard our 2018 Look Back podcast, we definitely had some strong opinions about this. We still do have some strong opinions about how we really hope that people stop confusing RPA, robotic process automation, with artificial intelligence. These two things are not related to each other, despite the marketing and the hashtags that people might use. But these two things in combination because RPA is about automating repeatable software tasks. And AI is about cognitive intelligence, the application of intelligence that was usually assumed associated with humans. So we talked about like, you know, 2018, can we finally stop, you know, really talking about RPA as having anything to do with AI? And we really just want to still separate the idea of dumb automation, which is still valuable. It's not not valuable automation. Automation is very valuable. But we want to separate the idea of dumb automation from intelligent cognitive automation. And so we see RPA as a transitory phase. So so in our research for 2019, we will talk about RPA as basically being precognitive. Although that word precognitive means something else, but basically uncognitive, non-cognitive. We used to call it the four levels of intelligent process automation, but now in our research is really the four levels of cognitive automation with levels zero and one basically being not cognitive and levels two and three being cognitive with that third level being the autonomous business process. So one of the things that's probably a more bold prediction, because that's just about our research, so predicting our own research is really (laughs) easy to do and no no one can really dispute it. But we think that there's going to be consolidation in this process automation industry. There's so much money. There's so much money. You know, these vendors have raised, in some cases, over half a billion dollars of capital for automation. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is crazy. And so, you know, we think a lot of these vendors are overfunded. We think they're overhyped. We think a lot of them are living on borrowed time. Why do we say living on borrowed time? Well, that's because, you know, this whole category really emerged less than a decade ago. And it was really an answer to the whole business process outsourcing thing where humans were basically doing all these really dumb tasks of 
entering things into databases and typing things in from paper. And people realized, oh, we can use bots for this. And that's great. And we think that's awesome. Somehow, the emergence of AI happened at the same time when this was happening. And so they kind of got lumped together. It's like, yes, people were moving from human automation to software automation. And yes, we were also doing AI. But these two things were not really related. And so I think the investors kind of, I think I want to put the investors on the spot. I think they're the ones that kind of got wrapped around the axles. Like, we want to invest in AI. This RPA thing is hot. Somehow that means RPA is AI. And like, yes, but that's not the case. And I think what's going to happen is that customers that we talk to are not being fooled by this. We talk to customers like, how do you see RPA in your AI strategy? It's like, well, we just see RPA as a stopgap. Mm-hmm. RPA is not really part of our AI strategy. Well, it's like you can't fool customers for very long. So what, what this means is that with all this money in the market, we think that the best exit strategy for a lot of them, if they don't manage to go public and sell something to the market, is probably getting consolidated. So we think, you know, maybe IBM, maybe SAP, maybe Oracle, maybe all three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think once one company buys one, then it speeds it's up the process. It's going to be, yeah, yeah, a trickle effect and happen pretty fast. So that's our theory. So that's a prediction. You can call us on it. It may not happen. It may happen. But if it does happen, you've heard it from us first. Okay. <laughs> we also predict that voice assistants will get a knowledge graph boost. So 2018 was a huge year for voice assistants. And Cognolytica came out with our voice assistant benchmark, where we benchmarked four of the major platforms on there. We did Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Apple. So in 2018, we did a lot of digging into the intelligence of the voice assistants, and we found that they really came up lacking. So long story short, these voice assistants are dumb, not smart, which is kind of ironic for people because they call them smart speakers, which is a term that I'm sure you've heard us say we don't particularly care for. We like to call them voice assistants. But in 2019, we think that things are going to be different. And we think that they're going to be different because of a knowledge graph mm-hmm. boost. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with a knowledge graph, we've written about this a bit. I know we've, we've had some Forbes articles about it. I think we had a tech a, target article. Tech target. And I think we even had a, a newsletter about this. We talked about machine reasoning. And that is that a machine learning is good at learning patterns. That's really what machine learning is for. It can recognize patterns. So it can recognize patterns of speech. And it'll know what you're talking about. It can also re- remember that's like, oh, last time you said the word cook, you meant, or you said bake, you meant cookies. So I'm going to assume that when I'm auto-completing your sentence, when you type bake, I'm going to predict cookies. Well, you know, it's based on a pattern. I'm like, yeah, you know, eight times out of 10, I say that. But, but like in the context of this sentence where I'm saying, you know, or like the heating systems turn on in the middle of summer, we're all baking. The next word should probably not be cookies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or and I can think of many examples. This is the first thing that comes to mind. But like, you know... Or or even like, oh, like put the lasagna in the oven and bake at 350, you know, that's right. not... Bro- and bake cookies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And that's kind of how dumb these systems are because machine learning is about patterns, right? But that's because there's no understanding. It's mm-hmm. like there's no context, right? And so what everybody's working on now, or at least we're trying to work on now, is this idea of building in knowledge, encoding knowledge. It's like, okay, well, in the context of this sentence, well, there was a great video that we used during one of our training, which is, has to do with a bat eating something. And clearly they were referring to the bat that flies around and not the bat that hits baseballs because baseballs aren't animate objects. They're not animals, right? And so if you can represent it and say, like, well, bats are animals and animals can eat, then therefore when you use that sentence, you know what you're talking about, this kind of bat versus that kind of bat. Anyway, that's all starting to come to a head because for these voice assistants to really become useful in all the contexts that we say, like, you know, what is red plus blue? What happens when you melt ice? You know, what is 10 plus 10? What's the closest star? 
all the questions that we ask that these voice assistants do not consistently get right. Right. You know, the ones that get them right for one question, get them wrong the next question. You need knowledge graphs to make this work. And so we're going to spend a lot more of our time writing about it and all that good stuff. So I would say, I say our prediction is that we think these voice assistant companies may either acquire, not, they're going to have to get knowledge graphs somehow, either right. by making them themselves or acquiring. Yeah. And we know that that's, you know, a tall task, but they have to do it. So we're predicting that these voice assistants will get smarter because of that. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we think that's going to solve some of the assistance intelligence problems of voice assistants. We will update our benchmark and we may do something in our benchmark maybe to figure out if they've got a knowledge graph. We'll have to sort of figure, we'll have to do something to sort of figure out whether they're just not hard coding answers to questions and things like that. And so we will also be updating our Cognolytica's voice assistant benchmark in Q1 of 2019. So stay tuned for that. And to make sure that they're not hard coding answers to questions, the questions will change. But the categories and types of questions mm -hmm. will stay the same. And then, of course, we'll ask every voice assistant the same questions and record it just like we did last time. So we're pretty excited for that. Yeah. So it's, I would say expect to see a lot more about knowledge graphs in 2019. The other thing is that, you know, continuing on to this, part of the reason why we think they're going to be making these devices more intelligent is because they want to use them in the enterprise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in 2019, we think chatbots and voice assistants will be all about the enterprise. And, you know, yeah, it's cute for these devices to forecast the weather and tell you the time and play music and games. You know, I certainly have a few of those devices here and I do all those things with them. So they're great. I'm not, I'm not tossing them out. I play music and do all that sort of stuff. But in the enterprise, this has very little value. It's like, it's a, you know, it's not, you know, forecasting the weather, useful, but not really, you know, playing music kind of maybe harmful. I mean, yeah, probably not probably useful. Just disruptive, right? <laughs> so in the enterprise, you know, enterprises need like real applications for these things. You know, they need to be able to like, you know, hey, assistant, you know, tell me about some sales forecast or, you know, I have a call coming up, please reschedule or, you know, something that's sales oriented or marketing oriented or customer support or service oriented or data oriented. So these needs to have data integration right? And they need to understand the context of this information. So they not be like, tell me about customer. Well, customer may bakes cookies. I'm like, didn't we just have this conversation? <laughs> right. So this is where we see that. Yeah. And they also need to get industry knowledge for those specific industries as well, where, you know, banking industry knowledge is going to be a lot different than retail industry mm -hmm. knowledge. So, I mean, like, think about the future. Do you think, you know, if you walked into a pharmacy or your bank or somewhere where there's like a, you know, a customer company facing experience, yeah. do you think you might actually talk to like a voice assistant first? Like if you're walking to, I'm just going to use CVS again as an example here, instead of like waiting for the pharmacist to come into the, you're like, can you speak? Like, hello, how can I help you? Oh, I'm looking to pick up a prescription for a blah, blah, blah. Okay. Do you really need a human to handle that interaction? And uh, well, I don't know. Are we going to start seeing Where, Alexa for farm compliance with picking up a prescription? And right. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Oh, like oh, by the way, Alexa, can you please play a song? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine sitting there at CBS playing a little Mariah Carey? All right. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, see, that's where the enterprise use case is useful, mm -hmm. but different, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. We're also predicting that responsible and ethical AI is going to take center stage in 2019. So 2018 will go down as the year that companies used and abused customer data. And it really came to a head with many companies under scrutiny. So we talked about this a little in our 2018 podcast, but Facebook, Twitter, Google, I mean, so many companies, you name it, they all had some data violation, some data breach. They were in the news, not really for good reasons. So sadly, it seems like many companies just are continuing to come under scrutiny. And I think that people in general are getting fed up with this. So we think that 2019, you know, responsible and ethical AI is really going to take center stage. 
We also talked about autonomous vehicle crashes and what's that going to do? How are we going to get explainability in that as to how and why vehicles choose to do certain actions when it can have life-altering consequences? Yeah, so we think this is all going to the little murmurings are going to come to a crescendo. We're all going (laughs) to, I think everybody's going to be talking about it. Everybody's going to be asked. I mean, you know, Google formed some sort of AI ethics committee, not particularly transparent, but I think they're making more transparent. You know, organizations will do more of that. You know, so maybe will 2019 basically be the year? Well, actually, no, we're going to make a prediction. 2019 will be the year when we see the first laws and regulations from governments on the use of AI with respect to the public and people's information. So it doesn't have to be in the United States. You know, maybe there will be a well, for the U.S. Maybe we're going to have a version of GDPR. Maybe you know, will we see state or federal regulations on autonomous vehicle usage or whatever? Mm-hmm. Will there be laws in Europe? And will those laws have worldwide repercussions about what these organizations can do? Facial recognition is a big concern. Will we start seeing regulations about where you know will companies have to disclose that they're doing facial recognition or facial? I don't know. We think these are going to yeah. be possible laws. It's also really interesting too because we talked about this a little bit when we did our podcast on the first Uber fatality. And in the U.S., there's different state versus federal laws for driving. Mm -hmm. So determining the age of a driver is a state law. But determining what features cars have, meaning they have to have, you know, a pedal and a brake and a steering Mm -hmm. wheel, that's federal law. So autonomous vehicles really kind of are blending the two. So I think that countries will have to figure out how to deal with that, you know, countries like the U.S., and how they take state versus federal regulations and have some overarching regulation that everybody can agree to. Mm-hmm. So we also think that there's going to be some changes to the way corporations deal with AI, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Ron mentioned earlier, Google has a AI ethics committee, but when it came out, it wasn't particularly transparent about exactly what they were solving with their ethics board and who was on the board. So we're predicting that in 2019, a lot more companies are going to start forming real AI ethics committees and have oversight and governance bodies to deal with some of the repercussions Mm -hmm. that we've seen. And perhaps 2019 will be the year that companies also have to disclose how customer data is being used to train machine models and to give individuals and companies the ability to opt out if they'd like. Mm. But regardless of how this shakes out, we think that 2019 is definitely going to be the year for ethical and responsible AI to be front and center. Mm -hmm. So shifting gears a little bit, I mean, we talked a little bit about the vendor landscape in our 2018 look back, where we took a look at all the platform providers. And we think there hasn't been acquisition activity. There's always acquisition activity. But there was actually activity (laughs) in 2018. But we think that 2019 will be a huge wave of acquisition activity, especially by the AI cloud platform providers. So we talked about this earlier, how Amazon and Google and Microsoft and IBM are all sort of fighting each other for ownership of the AI cloud model. And a lot of it has to do really with the data because the algorithms, I keep saying, the algorithms are all the same. It's like it's only one way to do, you know, K-nearest neighbors and, you know, support vector machines. And even with deep learning, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, you could do a 10 layer, 12 layers, 25 layers, but the math is all the same. <laughs> so it's hard to be competitive on functions and features. You know, you could say, okay, well, we have, we could do this recognition now. Yeah, but the reason why you can do the recognition is the data it has nothing to do with the, the code. Math or, right, yeah. yeah. So because of that, they're all going to be competing with each other for ownership. So we think that, you know, with Amazon and Microsoft and Google heating up the cloud wars, and of course, yeah, IBM is in there 
there too, you know, but IBM is a whole world in of itself. You know, really, we think that there's going to be a huge wave of acquisitions. You know, from our perspective and our research, we see, you know, Amazon has its centricity around the customer. They talk about this all the time and it looks true. It's like if they see, look, Amazon has this thing called Amazon Basics. So they'll go out and they'll make silicone heating pads if they really, yeah. <laughs> you know, if the market's demanding it. And so they're not bothered by the particular application if they see demand for it. Microsoft is still developer centric. You know, they're adding things to their non-developer tools in the office line, but really all the ML and AI stuff is on the developer side. You know, Google really is bolstering their own platform, their mobile Android and Search and Gmail and Calendar and Maps and all that good stuff. They're adding AI stuff to that. And they're, of course, giving you the ability to do your own AI stuff. But really, it's about that. And then, of course, IBM like, is building us. It's always good at selling services. So that's their thing. So in 2019, we think that these platforms will be acquiring like crazy. So here's some ideas of who we think. You know, we don't have any prior knowledge here, but this is, this is what we think they may be acquiring. You know, by the way, Cognolinica, we track almost 2,800 companies in our research. We have a pretty huge, extensive, extensive yeah, authoritative too. Authoritative. People don't realize. We know what you're doing. We know what you're doing, guys. You talk to us. We know all the vendors. We know what they're doing. And I think the point of that is that we could see the trends that are happening in the market in terms of new companies emerging and developing. So we think that companies that are helping with the data engineering, like all those data cleansing and blah, blah tasks, those are all good targets for platform vendors. Anybody who's doing stuff in auto machine learning, so it's mm. automatically determining the algorithm and doing hyperparameter sweeping, or all that stuff that you need to do. If you've got good stuff there, you can be a pretty interesting target. Anybody who's doing anything with a pre-trained model, if you developed a pre-trained model or you're in the data labeling business, we think you're going to be very attractive candidate. We already saw Amazon's doing something with the data labeling and the pre-trained models. We also think 2019 will be the year of the pre-trained models. So Right. And of course, knowledge graph companies. So, yeah. so we think this is going to be a big year for acquisitions. What do you think? <laughs> We agree. Okay, cool. So moving on to uh, number nine. Yes. Yes. So we think this is going to be a big year for acquisitions. We already said we think that the RPA space is going to consolidate. Like we said, we also think that it's going to be a huge acquisition year for AI cloud platforms. So Ron, do you want to mm-hmm. take a guess at who's going to be the first company to very aggressively <laughs> purchase these companies and acquire wow. them? Well, so IBM is always very acquisitive. But like, you know, I would say I wouldn't be surprised to see a big Microsoft or Amazon acquisition. Okay, I was going to guess yeah. Amazon. Yeah. I don't know. We'll I can see. Make some They're so bold. Do you think anyone's going to pick up figure eight? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they have a big partnership with Clarify. IBM. Interesting companies. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on we'll it. We'll keep an eye. We also predict that in 2019, autonomous vehicles are, this is really going to be the year that they become commercial. So 2018, we've talked about this a lot now. We saw, you know, it was a crazy year for autonomous vehicles. The year started off with some lawsuits between Google's Waymo and Uber. Then they were resolved. Then Uber made the news again because of its first self-driving vehicle fatality. Then there were a bunch of other self-driving car companies that followed suit. They pulled out of, you know, very aggressively going after that market. But by the end of 2018, you know, we've started to see there be a a good resurgence in this. So we expect that Uber is going to crank up their commercial self-driving service in 2019, especially after they go IPO. And then don't forget about Lyft. We think that they're going to do the exact same thing, pick up their commercial self-driving service and IPO. And then likewise, we're also predicting that the first autonomous trucks will be on the road as well. And then perhaps maybe some autonomous shipping vessels. So what 
does this mean, though? You know, are autonomous vehicles real now? Or is this more of what we call it pseudo AI stuff? Is this somewhere in the middle? We've talked on one of our podcasts in 2018 about the levels of autonomous vehicles and how there's six levels. It goes from zero to five. And we're saying that, I mean, level zero is zero autonomous features. But from level zero to level four, that's sort of in, you know, the unsafe autonomous vehicle space where if you still need a human to intervene in certain situations, then it's not fully autonomous and it's not fully safe. So will we finally get to a state of level five? Mm, I don't know. Well, I think this is definitely going to be pushing it. By the end of 2019, if things continue at the same pace as 2018, then, you know, we were, this is interesting. Kathleen and I, we were at Vegas. It's like a million times, I think, in 2018. <laughs> but, but, but we sort of made a quick jaunt over to San Francisco and Silicon Valley in the middle of all that. And we randomly came across a Waymo, a minivan driving around. Customers were like, oh, this is interesting. I've never seen one before. Yeah. And I swear it was like the next day or something, we saw the announcement about Waymo 1. Just about. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, wow, okay. You're going to notice them, guys. Trust me. It's hard not to notice. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll see. Well, you know, we'll probably see. We think we're going to predict more accidents, you know, in 2019. So not a big prediction, but there'll be more people hit by autonomous vehicles. It's just going to happen. I think the odds are Pretty inevitable. Yeah. yeah, that it's going to happen. But what does that mean? And we had said, you know, is this the year that we need to take ethical and responsible AI, which includes autonomous vehicles? And will lawmakers need to actually really sit down and put some laws and regulations mm -hmm. in their books for how do we deal with autonomous vehicles? Because it looks like they're here to there stay. Hopefully, fingers crossed, because I don't want to drive anymore. Here you go. So we, <laughs> we talked a little bit earlier about knowledge graphs and all that helping the voice assistants. But we do think that really 2019 will be a big year for common sense and machine reasoning. At least it'll be more visible. So as we said earlier, you know, in 2018, everything about AI, or at least it seemed to be, was about machine learning. And there was a lot of confusion, actually. A lot of people told us, we're telling us, like, AI and machine learning were the same thing. We're like, uh, they're not the same thing, right? Machine learning is just learning, right? And some people were even confusing deep learning and machine learning as the same thing. We're like, okay, come on, folks. Uh, deep learning <laughs> is just a way to do machine learning. I think people are untangling that now. But, like, there was definitely a period where, like, AI's machine learning is deep learning. is all the same thing, like, new. So, in 2019, I think people are going to realize the real limitations in machine learning. Even the much-vaunted deep learning, which everybody loves deep learning now, there's already, there's problems with it, right? One of which, of course, is transparency and explainability. That's a big issue with it. And we're already seeing articles. If you, if you read online, you'll see, I think it was Yoshio Bengio was talking about how there's a problem with machine learning, all the machine learning approaches, and deep learning in particular. There was a new research article we published in our AI Today Facebook group, which you guys should be members of, with LinkedIn group, where there's a, a completely new approach to neural networks, not a deep learning approach, like a completely different approach using differential equations or something and not Calculus. layers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still in the research phase, but yeah, but it's like, it's a completely different. Yeah. They're like, well, what if you had infinite number of layers? Yeah. And we're like, well, and then it's like, well, that sounds like calculus. So if you're like, if you're a math person, you know, let's like, you know, calculus is the area under a curve. And the baby way to do it is like, you try to like chop it up. And like, well, if you chop it up into little, little, little things, you eventually get an integral. So like, well, why don't we just do the same thing with layers? Of course. Nobody really knows how to develop that. But anyway, this is all kind of going the same place. We're all learning the limitations of machine learning. So if AI is not all about machine learning and machine learning is not all about deep learning, then you know what is there? And of course, there's machine reasoning. That's what happens, right? So you could train these systems all you want. 
the yeah, it's, it's also the pyramid, right? If you're familiar with the DIKUW pyramid, data, information, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, you'll know that machine learning is about that knowledge layer, which is like taking information and trying to find patterns, basically. The knowledge, like, oh, I have a bunch of information. How is this information related to each other? But without understanding, you can't figure out what those patterns mean, right? So, you know, as I said before, like people are now tell stories like, well, you know, self-driving car will gladly drive you into a wall <laughs> if that's what you tell it to do, you know, or it'll translate a sentence word for word without really understanding what those words are. You know, as intelligent as these systems are, they're still really incapable of some really basic human reasoning. So we think 2019 will just be the year because we're all using machine learning now. So there's like no excuse. We're all playing with it. We're like, oh, it really can't do that, right? So 2019 will be the year that we really start talking more about common sense and machine reasoning as the next threshold for AI. Right. And like Ron said, you know, in this pyramid, we're moving towards the understanding. And why? Why do we care? Why do we need to continue to move up the pyramid? Well, we've talked about how artificial intelligence is a goal. And it's, you know, a compilation of technologies, but it's really a goal towards the intelligent machine. But without understanding, you can't get that intelligent machine. So that's, you know, we're hitting a roadblock right now where, yes, we can have machine learning, but we don't have machine understanding. And without understanding, we can't move Mm -hmm. up the period, the wisdom, we can't get to that. So this is really where we are right now. And we're at this, you know, critical influx where we need to move towards the understanding Mm -hmm. or we will be stalled on what we can do. Right. So I think this will be an interesting year for startups. You know, we don't necessarily always track the startup space. We'll keep an eye on it. You know, new startups focusing on a common sense and research projects, initiatives. So I think Google, Microsoft, Amazon, all these guys, IBM will be really looking at this thing a lot more closely. I think you'll definitely see a lot more writing on this subject, not just from us, but I think from a lot of people. And I think by the end of 2019, our prediction is that you won't be confusing AI and machine learning as the same thing. And you won't be confusing machine learning with deep learning and thinking that they're all part of the same picture. So yeah, we hope that this is our prediction is about you, our listeners, and our readers. And we think that you're going to become wiser and more understanding yourselves in the understanding of artificial intelligence. Yeah. And so we hope that you've enjoyed listening to our predictions for 2019. And as always, we love to listen and hear from you guys as well. So let us know what you think of these predictions. Let us know if you have any predictions of your own that we didn't touch upon, because we'd definitely love to hear it. We had to keep this limited to, you know, about eight or so predictions. 10 we did. We did 10 predictions. So we had to keep this limited uh, so that this didn't go on for hours. But we'd love to hear from you guys and, you know, where you see 2019 headed. So listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes as well. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.